Welcome to Out on a Limb, where traditional finance and the new digital economy converge with a sense of history. My name is Tim Enneking, and this is episode 41. Today is Tuesday, June 20th, 2023, and it's 11.45 a.m. Uh, three topics today, uh, each of them quite interesting. The first, as I'm sure all of you are aware, there is no rate increase by the U.S. Federal Open Market Committee, but massively hawkish language. And it was, I'm constantly amazed at times when Wall Street is amazed because of what the FOMC does. In this case, Powell was doing exactly what he should be doing. Because if he had said, okay, this is the last interest rate increase, we're done, we're going to go sideways, and then eventually, probably not till 2024, it seems to be the prevailing wisdom, we're going to start reducing. Had that happened, markets would have gone crazy. That puts more money in the U.S. economy. That drives uh, people feel richer. That drives the purchasing of goods. That drives inflation up. So instead... What did he do? He said something that struck me as painfully, painfully obvious. He said, look, we're not, we're, we're pausing here. We may increase again. He didn't say they would. And he was very, very hawkish. So the, we spoke earlier about a dovish increase, which is basically where you say, okay, this is the last one, or a hawkish lack of uh, increase, which is exactly what he did. And so the market uh, rebounds a little bit. And everybody's very, very concerned. It shocked Wall Street. And it was absolutely perfect if Powell wants to maximize the odds that the FOMC won't have to increase again. And even then, uh, once, the, once Wall Street recovered, I'm looking at just a five-day chart that shows what happened last week. The, there was tremendous volatility. It's hilarious what happened on that day because... Uh, the market was almost up, the S&P was almost up at 4,400, fell down to 40, to less than 4,300, closed just about unchanged. But as most of you know, it marched up, almost hit 4,450 for a little bit. And then today is falling back. So there is this fear of the, the uh, very hawkish comments. So then there was a, hey, wait a minute, but it's still, it's going to be a skip. We're not going to see interest rates go up tomorrow. So the market recovers a bit. And then again, it starts thinking about it, thinks, you know, earnings are going to be under pressure because of higher interest rates for corporations, et cetera, et cetera. And so now the markets are less sanguine and they're trying to look around to see exactly what's going to happen. In the meantime, uh, the FOMC, Powell and the FOMC are going to be data driven as they always are. And if between now and the end of July, which is when the next uh, FOMC meeting is, if the, if the data show that inflation it continues to slow down. We've now hit a four handle. If we hit a three handle, if there's a nice drop, right, three point whatever, and lots of you know, a little bit lower in three, eight, three, nine, then the FOMC will probably not increase despite what Powell said. And I would hope Powell does the exact same thing in July. And he says, no, this is not a definite cessation of increase. It is a pause. We're going to see what happens. At that point in time, he's going to start to lose a little bit of credibility. But in my mind, he's gained tremendous credibility because of what he said. And he believed it. Uh, and it's true. If, if inflation doesn't start to moderate at a more, at a more rapid rate, the Fed will increase interest again. Uh, interest rates again. But by saying what he said, he minimizes the chance 
that the FOMC will have to increase. So a great move. Of course, what happened in, in the fiat world is very different from what happened in the crypto world. Crypto got absolutely hammered after that announcement came out because, of course, to some degree, there's a piece of the crypto market that is purely risk on, risk off. It moves with risk on and risk off assets. And so if there's less easy money, which an interest rate increase does, and the possibility of future increase rates, uh, increased interest rates further does, crypto, there are some folks that won't buy crypto, and so it uh, dropped. But I think, however, more of that, or at least the ground groundwork was laid for that by the SEC action against Coinbase and, and Binance US, because there was already a lack of confidence in the crypto space. And so the, the continued absence of easy money just pushed crypto a little bit too hard. And it dropped back down, actually. BTC dropped down to 25.5. It's recovered since then because of the second bit of news for today's podcast. And that is, after all this bad news and with the SEC teeing off against U.S. exchanges and Coinbase and and Binance U.S. were just the the most recent. And by the way, one of my predictions earlier on after the Bittrex attack on or the SEC attack on Bittrex in the same way was, I said specifically, Coinbase, Kraken, Gemini, Binance US, they all do the same things. They should be next. So that prediction became came true. So with the, but notwithstanding the SEC's action, BlackRock launches or announces a launch or launches the application of a, another spot BTC ETF. I think there have been 32 now that have been filed with the SEC and rejected. BlackRock is calling their uh, Bitcoin ETF the iShares Bitcoin Trust because it has a slightly different legal structure with a Delaware trustee than what other applications have had. Now, it's interesting uh, because BlackRock has a fabulous track record when it comes to getting ETFs approved by Uh, the SEC. It has by far the best track record and the most voluminous track record of any financial institution on Wall Street. It is 575 wins and loss. And I'm actually trying to find out what that one loss was, but it's not obvious. In other words, 575 out of 576 times when BlackRock has filed with the SEC for an ETF, the SEC has said yes. Doesn't mean they're going to say yes this time, but they, uh, the odds are much, much higher. And this has totally reversed or almost totally reversed the negative momentum in the crypto space. And BlackRock went further. It really spit in the eye of the SEC and announced that in this ETF, and I'm sure this was planned before the, the SEC versus Coinbase announcement, but BlackRock didn't see fit to change it. BlackRock announced that the Coinbase Custody Trust Company will be the custodian for the iShares BTC Trust. In other words, it doesn't care. It doesn't think that Coinbase's business is going to go away. Of course, even if Coinbase stopped being an exchange, the custody business would still exist. But nevertheless, it's the part of the same company uh, that is publicly traded, which the SEC, in, the, in a real twist of fate, approved, uh, uh, approved its uh, IPO about two and a half years ago. So it will be the custodian. The interesting thing is Coinbase Custody Trust Company is also the same custodian that GBT use, GBT, GBTC uses, sorry, the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust uses the same trust company. 
And GBTC used to be, it's a, it's a trust that you're, you're locked up for six months. It's now trading at a massive discount to spot, GB, uh, spot BTC price, but they also use the Coinbase uh, custody trust company, which brings us to the third and last topic of today. The recovery after, after the Coinbase news, basically stimulated by BlackRock. Today, uh, BTC is going absolutely nuts. It's gone from a low yesterday of 26.2. It's now over 28,000. And I don't know what specifically the news is, but it might be the following. And that is, uh, as I mentioned, GBTC, so the current trust that is not an ETF because your money is locked up for six months and it doesn't follow spot at all, has been trading at almost a 50% discount to the spot price of BTC, mainly because if you buy that trust now, see, easy to buy. You can buy it in any sort of standard investment account. You have to sit on it for six months and the price of Bitcoin may be lower in six months when you can finally get out. So it's very unattractive trading at this massive discount. Since the announcement of a BlackRock spot ETF, the iShares BTC Trust, GBTCs, so a competitor's trading volume is up 400%. And the discount has narrowed massively. It was more than a 50% discount. It's now a 33% discount. Still a huge discount. And bear in mind that one of the applications that the SEC rejected for a spot Bitcoin ETF was from Grayscale. Grayscale filed to have GBTC change from a locked up trust to a completely liquid spot ETF. The SEC said no. Uh, but you can see where if BlackRock gets approved, and I don't know what the odds are, but they're, they're certainly better than the odds of the approval of any of the prior 30-odd applications, then the chance that GBTC would also get approved goes up because if BlackRock structure works, GBTC can refile using the approved BlackRock structure. So altogether, a fascinating set of developments. So in the, in the net from a trading perspective, what I find is that I'm still sticking with my prediction from way back when, uh, earlier this year, which is that the S&P is going to move sideways for the most of the year. Uh, I believe my prediction was from 44 to 4,500. I don't see a reason to change that. It's not going to stay there and move sideways till the end of the year, but I see it going down as interest rates ultimately cause financial stress in the regular economy and the real economy, and that starts to filter through into Wall Street. I don't see a massive decline. I don't see a very long decline, but I also don't see significant increases. And on the other hand, I'm still sticking with my call for uh, Bitcoin uh, as it represents the entire uh, sector to end up around 45,000. In fact, what I've seen recently reinforces both of those predictions. We'll see if I'm, I'm as correct with those as I have been in all of my rate predictions this year. And with that, I hope you have a great week. Take care.